Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Stock Market Show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to Wealth Within Live, the Australian stock market show where you get to ask the questions and we give you the answers about all things investing and trading. Now tonight we're going to share with you our thoughts on just how you can get far better returns on the market but by not doing what everyone else does. As always, we'll be looking at what's happening on the stock market, give you our thoughts and uh, where it's going and where it's headed and where it's been, answer your most burning questions, look at the stocks you're interested in and give you our expert opinion and a whole lot more. Hello, I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. And joining me tonight is the super sensational Janine Cox, our Senior Analyst. And we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Hi Dale, how are you this evening? I'm good. You're on fire tonight? I, well, put me out if I'm on fire, no. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, can I bring a bucket of water on the stage? <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to bring one of those squirt pieces. No, I was I just going to say that you're so fire. hot, you know, that you've got smoke coming oh, out of your ears. Is that what it is? <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. It's cold in Melbourne at the moment, so it's probably not, I'm probably not too hot. But I know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past Janine, guys, for her to bring a little water pistol on and start squirting me on the show. Summer's coming up. <laughs> very, very much is. Now, the market was interesting today. I know I know it was interesting. I had somebody on our YouTube channel tell me the market was crashing today, and I had to laugh. That's exciting. <laughs> yes. The market's down 2% for today, guys, and the market's crashing. Mm, that's interesting. Um, so we'll talk a bit about that, and I think probably tonight's a good night to talk about that, isn't but it? But look, you can't blame them for thinking that, though, with everything that goes on in the media. Yes, I can. It's just not smart. Okay. Like, you know, one day, doesn't make, a sh- one day doesn't make a sheep station and no, markets true. don't crash in a day. Mm. Um, we know that. Well, you don't have to be Einstein to figure that out either. No, true. So, you know, to See, me, I told you it was on fire tonight. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you have a burning question for us, on the right of the screen is a chat box. So put your questions there. Also, a big hi to anyone new to the show. Great to have you with us tonight. Now, moving on, it is the last Tuesday of the month. and That's that the means- first Tuesday of the month. Sorry, I forgot to change the script. <laughs> okay, we could repeat week. last week. <laughs> Um, and that means that we take a look. I thought it was going to blame me then because I That's read it. That's my fault. Sorry. I'll take okay. the blame. Speak to later. And because it's the first Tuesday of the month, we're going to look at the All Ordinaries Index and with what and also what occurred today as it's a great time to look at the market, especially with that pullback mm. that we've just seen. Mm. So let's get into a discussion on the market now. Okay. So... All right. What are your takes? Because normally um, they hear me on a Monday oh, yeah. all the time. So. Well, look, I mean, I, I guess for me, I'm still... So excited about the fact that our market went through the all-time high that occurred in the GFC, as you can see on the screen there. This high back here is mm. what happened uh, just before the everyone knew that the market was um, falling into oblivion. That was November 2007. 
And because we've traded above that, to me, that's a really great sign that the market's more likely to keep going. And it's true that when a stock or market trades through its all-time high, quite often you can see it takes a, has a bit of a pause, has a bit of a breather. And that's really what we've seen over the past few months with the market trading down a little bit sideways. But then November, mm. well, look at what we had, look at the, the month, November 2007, and then we've got um, November 2019. It's just broken through again. Um, yeah, it's such a long time, isn't it? It's taken for the market to get to a new all-time high, and it's never occurred like that before. We've never no, seen it take never, so normally long. Normally, the, the time to a new all-time high is two or three years, and I can't remember. Mm. I mean, I did have the statistics. Three to there. nine years. Nine yeah. years was the outlier. Yeah. Yeah, mm. and and this has broken that record. This recent run from so the two thousand and nine low. Overheated, you know. That's really where people say in the market's overheated. But if it's only just made an all-time high, but I know, I know a few months back when it made that high in July, I know I had people emailing me saying, "Hey, Dale, the All Lords has made a double top," and I went, "Has it?" Yeah. And it's like seriously, it's no, yeah. it hasn't made. And I, you get that every now and again, somebody. Mm quoting some sort of technical analysis thing without a lot of understanding of exactly what it actually is. Well, we can talk about mm. potential double tops, but we don't mm. know that there's any double top there until after it actually starts to fall, to fall no, away anyway. No, So right now, what are your thoughts? Because they hear mine all the time. My thoughts are that it's still bullish. While the mm. market's still telling us it's going up, then that's the view that you need to take. Mm. You don't go contrary to the market until it starts to actually show some sign that it may be reversing. Can we have a look at the daily chart? Because I want to have, mm -hmm. actually, before you do that, I want to say, have a good look at this monthly chart because we always talk about looking at the bigger picture because mm. it's like, um, and how I'll explain it, is the bully in the play yard is the one that directs everything. Mm -hmm. And so the monthly chart's like the bully in the playground, you know. It's, Where did it's that dominating. come from? Oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I just pulled it out of somewhere and there it was, you know. How did you find your soup? I just lifted up the thing and there it was. Um, yeah, so it's to me, it's, it's so the dominant trend or your big trend, meaning your monthly chart, will dominate the weekly and the daily chart. So all, all trends will conform to the longer-term trend. So when you look at this monthly chart, you're seeing the big long-term moves and the momentum of the market. So when you're seeing the market and you're seeing how that moves, you can see that the market has a, a distinct angle that it moves on. So let's go and have a look at the daily chart now and have a look at the shorter term picture over the last month or two. Okay. And have a look at that. Do you're getting a bit of a different picture now. And so a lot of people, that's all they see. It. And it was interesting when I've been with people um, only in the last That's week, a good point. I was I was with somebody a week or so ago, and they had their iPad, I think it was, and they were chatting about the market. And they showed me this. They got up this broker thing, and they showed me this line chart on a broker thing, and they said, "Well, what would you do here?" And I went, "Well, I'd close that down and not use it." <laughs> and they went, "What do you mean?" And they were being serious about how I would look at that chart on a broker platform and analyze it. And I said, "I'll just close it down and use it because it's useless mm. to me." Yeah. Because all it is is a daily closes mm. um, as a line chart, and that's pretty much next to useless to any analysis. So, mm -hmm. but the brokers think it's actually great. they have made created weekly charts, believe it or not. No, oh, they do, but they but, have the default you know, set the to close, daily. Yeah, I know. But why do they do that? I know because they want people to trade more. Mm, there so you they go. want to get you excited about what's going on because they want to get you excited so, about what's so happening. So what what would make people feel excited looking at this chart? I mean, really, it's it doesn't. Not exciting. It makes them feel a bit Fearful. nervous because mm. it's up and down and there's some volatility. But if you look back here, look so at this So what you're bar. saying is it might drive some selling. Yeah, we're down 2% okay. today, right? Yeah. So look at, let's go and look at this thing. So from this bar here to that bar here, there's 2.3%. Yeah. Okay, so we've done it. Here's another bar from here to here. There's 3% yeah. in a day. 
and I can guarantee you that tomorrow the newspapers will be talking about the markets melting down, it's doom and gloom, it's the death roll, it's the whole lot of sh- Look, I just, I just thought it was too many people out there <laughs> selling their shares to spend money at the, the, the shops. Well, look, this could centers. be just this what? could be just the big end of town, knowing that the Dow went down last yeah, night. Yeah, just pushing it out mm. and saying, and then putting news out saying the market's bearish. So tomorrow, after because everybody's just got home from work and they go, oh my god, it's me. The market's melted down, and the headlines are saying we've lost millions of dollars. Um, and then they go and start selling tomorrow, and the big end of town starts buying mm. on that selling. So you know, don't panic, guys. The mm. market looks really, really good. Let's go back to the monthly chart because that annoys me, the daily chart. <laughs> okay. Do you got more to say? Yeah. Look, I mean, the fantastic thing about this is that when mm. we did see these runs from 2009 up to the highs, so January mm. 2010, mm. another low here, August 2011 and up, we're seeing similar sort of strength off the, these lows here, this low here, the more recent one in December 2018. So the market does push on from those lows, and that's what I think is exciting. Mm. Even if it does come back a little bit, I'm really, you know, I, I, Dale and I always welcome the, the lows because we know that we're going, mm. going to see some really good opportunities, particularly stocks uh, meeting trend line rules and, and all sorts of other triggers will be occurring when that happens. But mm. right now, it just it looks too strong. Yeah, it does. And we always need to, when you're trading and looking at trends, you always need to know where the ceiling and the floor is. Mm so that you can look at the boundaries of those trends. And that's really all that happens when you get downward moves. It just shows us how strong the sellers are and how voracious the sellers are um, and how strong or weak the buyers are. And the inverse is correct in the bull market when it rises. Well, how strong are the buyers or the bulls? Well, let's see Let's see mm. how successful those hedge funds are at trying to create a bit of a stir and, mm. and push our market lower. I don't know. Mm. They might be pretty good. But, uh, but do you want to have a look at some emails now? Why not? Have we got a good one to talk oh, about? We've got tonight? 27. No, we've only got 27. We'll never get through we've it. We've got a couple of them we'll anyway. here all night. <laughs> so, and then these guys won't get to ask any questions. No, but uh, but thanks much uh, for guys. Remember, if you want some questions, so, shove them on the chat. We're happy to answer them. So, this was an emailed you. question, wasn't it? Um, this next one will be not the All Lords. That's what we're supposed to do. Okay. So, it's, uh, But the first question is from somebody, um, a guy called Matt. Um, who asks, hi, um, hi, I have a question for Dale and Janine on the podcast. I think he meant the YouTube channel, but that's okay. Um, I've only just discovered the podcast and I've really been enjoying listening to it. I'd be interested in your analysis of APA Group. For some, someone who already has a position in the stock, it has been going sideways for a while. Um, do you think it would retest resistance um, of around $11.75. Now, while Janine brings that up, he continues on and says, for some background, I've been accumulating a position in the stock with little education for a number of years now at an average cost base of $6.75. I'm now at a point where I want further educate myself in trading rather than a buy and hold and was going to liquidate this stock to provide capital for education and future trading. So let's have a look at it, APA Group. Are we talking about the same share? It's actually trading all the way down here. I've got this is actually not the right one. Yeah, it's not the right one. So Dale, what? Okay, okay. so it was APA, wasn't it? Yeah. We're so actually looking at the wrong market. We're looking at the New York one. Sorry, guys. So APA Group. So let's bring out the right one. Okay. So Again, my go. fault. That's two mistakes. If you give me a third one, one, I get thrown out. <laughs> Can I kick him out? <laughs> all right. Here we go. Looking at the APA Group. Um, so we've seen new all-time highs with this share. That's the interesting thing about APA. And at the moment, we are seeing some short-term weakness. It was a significant sideways move for this stock compared to 
other moves we've seen on, if we just look at the, we've seen the weekly chart for big picture, but if we just look at some of these sideways moves, it is typical for mm. APA to do that um, and then fall away. So we could see a similar sort of uh, move occur on the stock given what um, happened back in 2018. Right now, if the stock doesn't start moving up next week, then we're more likely to see it pull back on the downside. So, you know, it really depends on what rules that you've decided to use, how you're going to manage this, uh, what sort of stop loss. A tra trailing stop loss is really important to have mm. on any share that you purchase, not just the initial stop loss, because I think someone um, said recently that they had placed a 15% stop loss on but then had no idea of how to set a, tra a trailing stop. They didn't understand what it was. Oh, okay. So they said it, and so didn't know how to get out, basically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, was yeah. thinking, okay, I'll just take put my money in the market and see how the stock goes, and if it falls below what Dale says, the fifteen percent, I'll sell it. But then, mm. having no thought for how they were going to actually manage the trade, because when we're talking about a process mm. of being in a stock, it's 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 that twofold process. It's that initial step, and then it's the management ongoing. Mm. So looking at this share, I would say more potential downside if it doesn't trade above this high here. So if it gets back above the no 20, week of ending 29th of November, then it's more likely to continue to rise and challenge that top again. But Which is that $11, 20 or even 50 you were talking about. So yeah, so 1140 or whatever there. If it yeah. goes back through that, then you're more likely to be able mm. to stay in the stock. But if it actually starts trading back down below these lows here, um, then I think that we're more likely to see the downside yeah. unfold. Cool. Mm. Well, let's go and have a look. We've got a couple more emails, but we're going to have a look at the chat first. We're going to Great look idea. at a couple of stocks. So the first okay. one we've got on the chat is from Wish Vanath, um, and he's looking at QBE. Now, I'll bring up his question while you're doing that. He's saying... QUB? Um, QUB. He yep. says, hello, Dale and Janine. Thanks for your time. That's Very the interesting third one, to... isn't it? Sorry? Can I kick you off now? No. <laughs> QUB. I don't know. Is it QUB? So yeah. Cube Holdings. So yeah, I was. So I didn't. Did I make a mistake? It's okay. Okay, I didn't make that. Anyway, let I'm me finish the fun. question. Anyway, so stop for a second. Um, QB. Very interesting to watch how you analyze stocks. Just wondering, have a look at QB, please. Have okay. some shares in it and looking to buy more. Um, there's a question from Ross Lane. He said, "Hi, Dale and Jenna. I emailed the question to you, which was too long for this method. Hope you can get to it. Um, I didn't get it, Ross. Ali so Barber." Was it Alibaba? Yeah, our thoughts know? on Alibaba. Because Ross, you know, I've, I have to apologise to you and I'm happy to do that on air. Are you playing favourites? Um, I am because I didn't call him back. So, oh. I, so Ross, Ross you, okay. you're on the top of my list, okay? Sorry. And we're going to do Alibaba at some stage on the show. Okay, not tonight. Um, we are. Oh, we are? Tonight? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, QUB, um, looking at that, I think it's really bullish, uh, very strong and has been for recent months. But look at the opens and closes wow. that we've seen getting you know closer together. The, last month, I thought, okay, it's pushing out of that and we're more likely to see a move yeah. up. But this sideways move, hasn't that, isn't that huge? It, it lasted, it started in February 2015 and it's, it broke out around June 2019. So, you know, if you were looking at the stock and you happened to pick it up around that time, then right now you'd be in a nice little profit. That's not to say that it may not come back. We can see, obviously, this week there's a bit of weakness from the market overall. But look, so far, it's still in a really nice, strong up, uptrend and, and I still like the stock. Now, depending on what your exit rules are, so this is where there's a difference between you know what I think and what your rules are. They could be two different things because the way that I might, might choose to trade a stock could be different to the strategy that you've actually chosen. So 
trading this medium to long term can do really well on the monthly chart, managing the risk. If you look at the history of this share, it can be quite volatile, but also trend well. So, you know, I like the share, but, you know, you know it's, it's in a nice trend. But if it starts to break the trend, then there is a short term risk on the downside. But um, so far, I still, it, despite this week's move down, there's no reason there. For, you know, if I was holding this stock, I wouldn't be looking to sell it right away. So that's my take on Cube Holdings. Okay, so let's go back to the next question, which you can read out if you like. Okay, fantastic. The next email that we have, um, we had to shorten quite a little, and it's from Chad. So thanks, Chad, who says, Good afternoon, team. Oh, well, that's a lovely greeting. I just want to thank you for all the proven strategy you guys teach to all those willing to listen. From discovering your site after researching for share trading information and teachings just makes so much more sense. For applying principles and strategies to investing, especially as I love analysing stocks, more so now. Um, thank you for that. Just wanted to say your show is amazing. I've started watching and have liked your channel on YouTube. You're fantastic. Thank you. Uh, we look forward to starting the diploma course and I look forward to starting the diploma course and setting my days free of not watching the market and by applying the principles and teachings in the diploma course, not to mention reading both of Dale's books. Wow, this guy is super keen. Now, he's talked about a stock um, that he wants us to have a look at, which is BOE Honeymoon um, owned and bought 130,000 shares in the stock at four and a half or 4.4 cents. Your thoughts? Chad had a couple of other stocks. However, we will not be able to talk about all of these tonight, so I apologise for that. So let's just get into looking at BOE so we can bring that one yeah, up. Chad had about three stocks, but We've the other two, he sent me another email since then after I responded to him and he's now sold the other two. Oh, right. Not that I told him to sell. It's just, okay. that's he's what got he decided. Now. He's got Okay, so BOE Resources, or um, BOE, is it Boss Resources, I think? Um, we're looking at a sideways move really in the big picture sense. So it's poised and could be poised for a rise. The troughs are getting higher. These two, this trough here is higher than the previous one, but it could just as easily go the other way. So that's the real risk with a share like this. And it's, it's, high, it's not very liquid looking at the uh, right hand side, the weekly chart. So you can see how the bars look odd uh, and look very different to a stock um, when you compare it to a stock like BHP or Rio, you can see there's a lot of um, bars that are trading at the same price. There's, that's often a telltale sign how it trades sideways for a number of weeks at roughly the same price. And look, if it does trade above um, this 25th of October 2019 high there, then I'd be quite interested in seeing how it performs from there, not from the point of view that I'd be looking at it because it's too small um, from a liquidity point of view uh, for us, but just to see if it does manage to break through these highs because there's a lot of resistance around this level overhead. I'll just get the cross here and we can have a look across there. Um, but an early sign that it's more than, more likely to get going on the upside is when it breaks through that level there. So if it trades back below this low here, then I think the real risk is that it could then take out these lows here, um, even though that's really strong support. And, and I could say that it might come back and test that level and then go up. I think after trying to break through this level so many times, if it does break below here, which what's that 5.3 cents? I can't quite see it there. Yeah, something like that. Then it's more likely to trade lower. So that's the view currently on BOE. Yeah, I mean, he realises it's not a highly liquid stock mm. and the other two that he had were, were less liquid again. Right, uh, so I that's think, why you chose this one out oh, of the... Well, well that's, no, because he sold the other two. That's why I chose oh, okay. this one because he emailed me, I think, 
Okay. Did you email me this morning, Chad, or late yesterday? I, I actually responded to his email because his email was beautiful. It's really nice. He's very nice and polite, and he was very, as you can see, on, or as you saw on his email, he was nice and yes. complimentary. So I emailed him back, and uh, then he's emailed me saying he sold two of the stocks, so that's why I chose this one. But um, and it was really nice, and it was. I'm looking forward to having you as a student, Chad. I think you're going to be an excellent student, so it's going to be fantastic. And in fact, we've got a lot of emails in the last few days. Actually, I'd, I'd like to see that down mm. the track, Chad saying that he would never buy these sort of stocks. Well, he won't, and he already mm. knows that, and I think that's the thing is we've had a few people over the last week or two realising what we're teaching, and they're sending emails saying, I realise I'm making more money by not following those lower cap stocks anymore. You know, we got one today from uh, a lady who bought my book back in 2000 and I'll bring that email up next week because I didn't mm. have time to put it on t tonight's show. But okay. let's get into the next email and then we'll get back yep. into the chat, guys. So if, you, if you've got questions, please put them into the chat. Uh, and remember, hit the like button. So do that right now while you're listening to me. Hit the like button. Now, the next email we have is from Jasleen who asked, I've been an ardent follower of your online content. Thanks, Jasleen. I have a small query regarding eligibility for intraday stock trading in the US market. As an Australian uh, resident, your early response would be highly appreciated, Jasleen. Um, um, there's probably a couple of things in here, and it depends on day trading or intraday trading, that sort of stuff. Janine and I just tell you, don't do it. Don't even bother doing it. Because uh, every single intraday or day trader that I've ever met doesn't really make money. Well, what they do is their hourly rate is much less than working at McDonald's. Um, and it, it simply gets to that. There's a lot of work for a little bit of a return. Um, but when you're talking about using a US uh, or trading through the US, is it, are you trading through like an Australian broker who has access to the US? Or are you trading with a US broker and US dollars in the US, it's a whole different ball game. Um, so, because if you're trading through an Australian broker and trading US stocks, um, day trading, it doesn't change anything uh, pretty much for you because your money's in a bank account here um, and the broker organizes everything for you. But if you're using a US broker that's located in the US and you've got money over there, then that's a whole different situation and you'd need to go and look and talk to the broker over there and how all that works because there's tax considerations with the US market. Um, obviously, you have to have a, a tax, uh, what do they call it, an ITIN, which is an international tax identification number in the US for tax for the tax laws between Aussie um, and overseas. And I, I hope that answers your question, but you would need some tax advice around all that. But if you're using an Australian broker, it's probably not going to be an issue for you, but even just chat to them. Is, would you want to add anything? Or no, you've done well. Oh, I've done well. Thank you very much. So let's go into the another stock. So All bring right. up a stock for um, Lynn Lease yep. for Andrew. And I'll go and read up Andrew's question. Now, Andrew's asked, hey, guys, purchased Lynn Lease in May for $13.46. Um, I still hold, so happy with its progress. Seem to have slowed down a little in the last couple of weeks, but don't want to exit too early. Thoughts on the current price? Okay, so he's bought here somewhere. Mm -hmm. in May and then it's shot up. So he's done really well. Done really well. Yeah, so let's just have a look at that run there. Um, that's 32% gain there, mm -hmm. so good job. Now the, the challenge here is to try and preserve what you've made, isn't it? So you've got to, you've got to expect that there's going to be a little mm -hmm. bit off the top for every trade. And I think that what happens mm. with people um, is that they see that they've made a nice profit and then they get a bit scared and then they, they just want to jump out of it and, and not allow it to unfold. But 
all trades are going to have that period mm. where it pulls back to give you an exit signal. So you just accept that you're not going to get in right at the bottom and you're not going to get out right at the top, but you're just going to take the safe run in the middle. And that's how we trade, is looking to get a decent part of the, the run. And you know, right now, there's no reason there that I can see uh, that I mm. would be selling if I held this stock. And looking at it, um, you know, we'd be looking to see if we can get a trend line up underneath it, but it, you may not be able to get one for a while. So, um, and that's the challenge too. When a stock accelerates away like that, often you can't get a trend line up underneath it. And if you don't have more rules, if you just you know, yeah. read Dale's book and you haven't progressed on from that, then you'll mm. be sitting there thinking, well, okay, I can't get a trend line up there, but how am I going to manage my risk? But it's probably coming, it's probably doing a tre yeah. another trend line point, mm. coming back to its momentum. Because we do talk about stocks moving away from their momentum, going faster and slower, yep. but they eventually come back to their longer term momentum, like we talked about with the Lords before. Yeah, but some stocks, mm. not all stocks, work best with an exit on a trend line. No. Some stocks you might be better no, no. off using other rules and that's mm. the other side to it, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you on that mm. one. And it really is and it's about having a toolbox of tools to build your house or your or your trading and investing house. But really stocks move up and down. They go from low to high to low, low to high to low, low to high to low. They just don't go straight up for three years. They just don't do that. They have to come down and they have regular patterns on that. And mm. right now this just looks like it's coming down in a regular pattern. So nothing yep. to worry about there. So yeah. well done. What's that? Stay calm and be British or something like that? Yeah. What's that term? So it's it's looking... It's over my head. Yes, it's over <laughs> it's my head my at time, all. So we've got another email. So you can actually read this one out. Okay, the next email is from Jack who asks, Hello, Dale. Could you please give me your thoughts on Horizon Holdings AZJ? Using the monthly chart in the past, it shows good positive trend lines. Currently, the price is on a downward trend, so I don't plan to buy yet. I think in a few weeks or months, the price will continue to fall. Then if price begins to go up, I think it may be a good time to buy. Thanks, Jack. Um, all right, have we got a rising up? Yep. I think so. If I get that one right, otherwise I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's have a look at the chart. We can see there it's had a stellar run uh, from these lows down in October 2018. Went through the all-time high and has actually pulled back. So remember what I was saying before, often stocks will do that when they go through an all-time high, take a bit of a breather, come back, and generally stocks will continue on. Now, I think we looked at this stock um, either that, last week or a couple mm. of weeks ago, and I talked about this gap on the weekly chart and how I believe that the stock was more likely to come back to these mm. sorts of levels here, which with the market pulling back, you know, you look at it and you think, is this a market-driven move or is this a stock driven move. Now, because we could see what was unfolding on the stock, we know it's a bit of both. Mm. We know it's a little there. bit of both, yeah. And you'd expect the stock to pull back. You can't have a big stellar rise like that and not see a, a run on the, you know, on the downside. But you would have had all sorts of exits there. Um, you know, you would have had trend line exits and, yeah, and other few, exits Yeah, we've got a few bits and exits to, there, to, haven't we? Like, to manage the risk, Our students yeah. would have been out of that, mm. basically, weeks and weeks ago before. Unless they were trading more uh, longer term and were using a monthly chart as rules. That's yeah, that's a possibility a that's as well. True too. Yeah, that's true mm. too, depending on whether they're trading for their super fund or something else. But yeah, I agree okay. with you. So let's have a look at the next stock. It's from a question from Mitch. He wants Colin Foods. Colin's okay. Foods. Um, Mitch says, hi, Dale. Just wanting your thoughts on Colin Foods. Um, and where the price may be heading over the next few months. Okay, Collins Foods, and I can't yeah. find it here, uh, unfortunately. I don't know. I don't know what the stock code is. I can't remember. We did that a few weeks back, I think. No, I can't find it. We'll have to come back to that. Right. So if someone can um, provide that, then that would be great. Yeah, if one of the traders can give us CK, sorry? CKF for Freddie. Here we go. Thanks, Mr. Producer. Um, he's the Mr. Director. Mr. Director, sorry. Mm -hmm. 
Does that mean um, I get sacked? Because that's my third mistake. <laughs> so CKF, looking at that, really a strong move mm -hmm. up. Uh, we've seen lots of little breakouts along the way as it's been rising, even on the monthly chart. It does have that little bit of element of illiquidity about it. But right now, if you're holding this stock, then you wouldn't be selling. There's no reason to get out of it right now. Um, if it trades back above this high, then it's sort of like breathing a sigh of relief. You, there's no decision that needs to be made. But yeah. I, I know that with some people, if it goes to a new high, then they think it's time to sell it. Correct. But that to us is just totally flawed in terms of the way of thinking. It's flawed thinking. It's like we're mm. talking about look, just stay with stuff while it's going up and get yeah. out when it starts to go down. But that's the challenge that people have. They don't mm. know when it's going down. That's right. I mean, but, but you could still mm. sell with rules and it mm. then turns around and goes back up. Mm. But it's just about managing your risk, really, and then making good decisions rather than just guessing. Yeah, and it's bad. It's a, it's, it's, how do I say it? It's like the three bears, you know, mama bear, papa bear and baby bear. You know, you She's want something, that, you want your exit to be just right. But most people either end, exit too early right. or exit too late. And they either okay. exit too late or exit too early. They enter mm -hmm. too early or enter too late. Okay. So whereas you just want that nice just right, and most people don't understand how to do that because they fear losing their profit. Yep. So they'll sell out too early. Okay. Um, so do you think that's what's happened here with the pullback that we've seen on the stock? I think it looks really nice. November? I just think it really short -term nice. Short-term profit takers have come yeah, in. Just short-term profit takers, and mm. that's really all I think that is. It's just coming back to its momentum a little bit because you saw – all the way through here, it's quite bullish. It's yeah. very, very bullish. Whereas this angle's not quite as bullish through here. So I just think it's coming back and having a bit of a breather. You know, you're going to run a hundred, you know, a marathon. You're going to slow down towards the end, aren't you? <laughs> well, I am. I don't know about you, but I am. Um, but that's really all it's about. So that's, um, yeah. So we're going to get on to a couple more stocks. We've got Michael for CPU. That's a good pick, that Michael. Um, but I'll find Michael's question there. Uh, where are you, Michael? Um, Michael, here we go. Hi, guys. Hope you, you're well. Yes, we are, Michael. Thanks for asking, matey. Just bought CPU today for short term. Um, what do you call what do you call short, short term? And what are your thoughts on the stock? Wow, what do we call short term? You want to answer that? Um, up to three months, generally, mm. so is a general rule of thumb, isn't it? Mm. So it could be a number of weeks to th around three months. Now, looking at um, CPU, short term, yeah, it looks great. Medium term, it's starting to look really nice as well. And all we need to see is a move back above this high here in December, and then it's more likely to keep challenging right up towards $19 something if it um, does that. So you can see here it's taken a big move out of that low November mm. 2019. That was a really strong move, indicating that it's more likely to continue to rise. I think it's bullish overall. Yeah, it looks mm. really, really good to me. I think it's just trending along nicely, and I think for the short, medium term, it's more bullish. So how far it's going to go? If we do see a couple of weeks down, then mm. that's not the end of um, no, CPU, the... I don't think. No, and I think if the market's bullish, CPU is, mm. a is a registrar for a lot of listed companies. So if the market's bullish, you think you know, CPU is going to be bullish as well. So, yeah, you would. Um, so I, I like the stock, maybe. So good pick, a really, really good pick. But I think we need now to get on to, I think that's our time for our... Um, our, our topic. Um, that's it. I couldn't remember the name. But before we do, remember, you've got to subscribe to the channel. So there's a big red button somewhere down Come there on, across you guys to the out side. There. So you do need to subscribe to the button and also like the show right now. Just click the like button. So as I said, the more likes we get, the more likely Janine and I are to cover a lot more stocks. But I think um, someone stopped liking it because I didn't bring my boxing gloves on the show. Well, you did promise. You keep promising pink boxing gloves. As long as you mm. don't wear a tutu with it, I'm fine. <laughs> okay. um, as I know with me, I put a a bit of weight on mine won't be a two-two. Yours won't fit now. No, mine will be a four-four, not a two-two. <laughs> 
Sorry. Okay. But it's now time for our topic for tonight's show, which uh, last week we actually suggested um, in the chat we'd be talking about the issues around capital gains tax. Now, Janine sat um, there doing some research. And You're going to have eyes... to keep talking because I... Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, capital gains tax was really spinning ahead. But, no, um, but we actually did cover that a few weeks ago. But uh, uh, as we know, selling stocks and paying tax on profits makes more money over the medium to long term. However, after last week's show, uh, we realised that we covered this topic um, in July on a show called How to Increase Your Trading Profits. Now, why haven't they all watched it already? Well, they have. Okay. Well, the smart ones have. You're going to send them back to watch it again? No, just the new ones. Okay. The new people that you say hello to every week. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. So I haven't finished my bit yet, so just hang on. You'll be all right. right. Okay. Um, it's the show has increased your trading profits by 30% or more. So we did it in July. So go back if you want to have a look at that capital gains tech stuff. So if you haven't watched it, um, we encourage you to do so. But tonight, we're going to talk about one of the biggest reasons why investors and traders get poor returns consistently, which is referred to as herd mentality. Now, Dale, you could say that paying tax and herd mentality are linked. So often we hear that catch cry from investors saying, they are not selling as they have to pay tax. Oh, they're just a stick in the mud, aren't they, really? Oh, yeah, Which in itself is following the herd. Mm. And I agree. It's interesting that people think that paying tax is a cost and mm. so will avoid selling a stock that's falling away to avoid the cost, but not selling ends up costing them far more. You're paying tax because you've made money. And, you know, I'm quite happy to go to the tax man with a big bunch of flowers, a bottle of vodka, shake his hand and say, thanks very much and take him out for dinner. Uh, if I'm Because they're allowing us to make far more money the way our tax system um, is. And, you know, we do have a great tax system here where we get to negatively gear and receive franking credit. So I really yep. can't understand people why just pay your tax because that means you're making more money. Um, and these are enormous benefits for both investors and traders. So we do have a good system here. So let's get into chatting about herd mentality. Now, you do not have to be Einstein to know that many investors react to market conditions. In fact, you only need to watch this YouTube channel and the live show for a few weeks and you'll see this come up in some of the questions and comments that we get from individuals. Now, investors seem to stampede up the bullish mountain when the market's rising and ride down that slippery slide just as fast when the market is falling. Now, unfortunately, this herd mentality behaviour is proliferated by the daily market reviews and sentiments expressed in the media with headlines such as market meltdown, all odds losers, X billion dollars in a, on a dark day in the market. Now, just read tomorrow's paper and you'll see exactly what we mean. And I've seen situations where they'll come out and they'll say that and then the exact opposite said a few days later. Oh, yeah, they'll go the trillions off, off the market today and then the next day, the trillions made on the market. And mm. as you saw on the daily chart of the all odds we looked at before, we've had 2% drops three times in the last month or two. You and know. you want the market to come back so that you mm. can get the next rise. That's mm. all part of it. Otherwise, if the market just keeps going up on what's called a wall of worry, eventually it's just going to tip over uh, like mm. that rather than being a sustained rise where it just keeps rising. Yeah, I often said markets don't crash at the top, they crash at the bottom. Mm. Um, and you don't get the, you get more of the biggest falls after the market's already falling, not at the top and we're at the top at the moment. Well, not, we're not even at the top at the moment. So, But if people are making the wrong choices because of herd mentality, we need to explore what it is that drives us to follow the herd, particularly in the stock market. 
Now following the herd is great when crossing a busy street or trying to get out of the football stadium and it can also be useful when faced with a life and death situation such as being caught in a fire or flood. So herd mentality can give us a sense of safety in some situations but what about the stock market? Hmm. Commonly investors will follow the herd to avoid the possibility of feeling remorse in the event that their decisions prove to be incorrect. Does that sound familiar? Mm. And here they feel safe as everyone is doing it, so it must be okay. After all, we've all heard the saying that there is safety in numbers. Whilst I agree with that, when walking down a dark street as the more people the better, it's not necessarily the case with the market. Now this brings us to the next reason why people follow the herd and this is because people feel that herding reduces the time required to properly analyse an investment decision. Now this false assumption is based on the belief that if everyone else is buying, someone else must have already done the required analysis. Think Bitcoin. Mm. Now I'm sure you've all seen the TV cop shows where the policeman asks the person why they did something and they give some excuse that someone else was doing it. Sorry, officer, that person was stealing the TV, so I thought I would get in there and do that as well. Um, so, sorry, officer, but that's really what it was going on about. And, and we've all seen those TV shows. That person was speeding, so I thought it was okay. Or, yeah, I was using my mobile phone while driving, but everybody else does, it's okay. But it's not okay, is it? No. And you'll do your dough on the market if you think that way. <laughs> now in Sydney, there are cameras on those for the phones. Don't use your fit sound phone in Sydney. Right. Hmm. Okay, the reality is that many investors would rather purchase a stock that others are also buying in order to seek comfort in the knowledge that they are not alone in their decision making. Now, what we mean by that is that if people are talking about the stock, they'll go and buy it. It's not like, okay, the money, what we talk about is if money's behind the stock and it's rising, then it's okay to get into it. That, that's the difference, really. And how many times have you spoken to somebody said, when you go, why did you buy the stock? And they go, oh, everybody at work's talking about it. Mm. Or I, read on, I heard it on a chat form and everybody's talking about it. And then it tanks and everybody loses money. Yep. It also enables investors to rationalise a stock that starts to go down since everyone else thought so highly of it, it makes sense that they did too. In essence, they have given themselves permission to blame someone else for losing. So the reality is that no matter how you made the decision to buy or sell a stock, you are 100% responsible for that decision. So saying that you only bought a stock because a broker recommended or you got the tip from a forum is not good enough. It's your money and your choice. Now we've just experienced Black Friday and this is a huge example of herd mentality that yeah. results in many overspending. You, know, mm. and I, you only have to watch my um, uh, market report for the US today that went out today with Jim Beach. Last week he said he'd done all his Christmas shopping and he wasn't spending any more. Black Friday got him into the shops and he spent <laughs> more. So even even a financial expert like Jim mm. has gone out and spent more. But for example, the sign, you know, we see signs on the door or signs in on a, an ad or, or, you know, print or media, wherever it is, it says, you know, 70% off. And that pulls people into the store as they perceive that yep. they'll get a bargain because it says 70%. But yet when you get into the store, your mind is, uh, mind is saying that everything is 70%. So you're thinking, well, everything will be 70% in the store. But you go around the store and you struggle to find that one item that is actually actually 70% off and I've done this in the mm. past. I walk around the whole shop, stop, go, what's 70% off? And you might find it could be a pencil, <laughs> you know, or something like that that's really cheap that they're not losing much money on. But what they've got you thinking is everything's cheap in that store. Yeah. So, but everything else in the store might be only 20% off. Um, and I know I've tried this before, as I said, and uh, the mentality has investors 
bottom picking, and this mm. is what's happening with the stock market, is investors bottom pick, trying to grab a bargain on stocks or buy cheap stocks that are falling. And we know what is cheap in the marketplace, and most people don't understand cheap. And we see people buying on the way down, and we've had somebody already tonight talking about averaging their price. I had an mm. email yesterday from somebody who watches us who had dollar cost averaging. The industry cost. have taught you that, and it's the yeah. worst thing you can possibly do. And that's another advanced, mm. uh, thing of herd mentality. People dollar cost averages. Average, don't do it. Mm. Read my book, Don't Dollar Cost Average. Um, for those who have been watching the show, you'll know um, for a while our thoughts around all of this. Now, we've seen other examples of herd mentality, such as the tech boom and bust in the 2000s, mm. Bitcoin, people trading marijuana or lithium stocks to trading many other hot at the moment or hot for now um, areas. Well, some people have made money in these areas, and we're not saying they don't, but they tend to be the early adopters or the ones that have better rules around that. But many did not as they followed the herd, and then they got burnt. And we've seen or talked to so many people that got burnt during the Bitcoin bust, didn't we? Yeah. Now, research constantly shows us that following the herd when investing in the market gets average returns at best and in trading, following the herd can be disastrous as we saw in the Bitcoin bubble. We have all heard that 80% of traders lose and 10% break even. So why is that herd mentality? And as these people en masse do the same thing, they read the same books, visit the same websites, believe the same myths, use the same tools and techniques. So that's where it all stems from. Well, it is. And people say to me, you know, like, you know, how do I become a good trader? And I said, don't do what everybody else does. Yeah. And they go, how do I do that? And I go, well, go to any bookstop shop, look at the books they're selling around trading. And, then, and they're all daily charts. And they're all daily charts and their technical indicators and all that. So I said, have mm. a look at what they teach and then don't do any of it and you'll make far more money. You've mm. got to really carve your own path. So if 90% do not make money or break even, then it stands to reason that if you wish to be consistently successful in the market and make more money than anybody else, then you need to not follow the herd, but rather carve your own path. Now, our students are constantly telling us that we're turning their trading around very quickly by first getting them to stop making bad choices that they've been making through following what the herd does. But the first thing we do is really stop them from losing. Um, and I remember an analogy that I mentioned is that if I used to be a lifesaver, you know, and I used to teach kids to, to swim, like really young kids to swim, you know, in my school holidays. Mm. And the first thing we did was teach them not to drown, because if you can't teach somebody not to drown, and if you're a lifesaver going to somebody's drowning, you have to make them feel comfortable mm. that you're going to save them, otherwise they're going to drown you. Yeah. So that's why the lifesaver has the surfboard or the ring or whatever else, and you hand it to mm. them so they feel like they're not going to drown. And then once you do that, then you can help them. So you've got to stop people from drowning first mm. to help them. And so that's what we do. We help traders stop losing first. And then secondly, we give them lots of tools and strategies um, um, that the herd don't use, which is what I was talking about earlier. We don't do stuff that's in 99% of those books out there. But what we do teach them helps them profit more, but profit more consistently. Mm, that's important. Mm. In Dale's book, Accelerate Your Wealth, he talks about a study by two professors on how our investment choices are correlated to our personality type. And this is great reading for anyone wanting to find out more. So if you've not bought the book, I suggest you do so. If you're ready to stop following the herd and want a better way of trading that's more consistent and more profitable than what you're doing now, then give our team a call tomorrow and give yourself the best Christmas present you could ever imagine. Now, Dale, I think it's time that we get into the chat and see what other questions that we have. You serious? I really wanted to do that more. So that's okay. Oh, my thing just... Oh, I, my, my iPad... Siri here. Let me know if I can help. 
Sorry, Siri. <laughs> yes, we can. We, we need another stock for the we, Yes, Siri, we need another stock. Thank you. Um, let's go to... Um, we've done CPU. Let's go to Peter for ARG. So I'll just shut Siri off. So That I, was priceless. I think I have to say stop saying seriously. So, oh. um, so this one is from Aman. No, sorry, Peter, ARG. Peter, yeah. interesting choice there. Argo Investments. Can now, I this ask is a question. Oh yes, go for okay, it. Thank you. Um, hi, Dale and Jenny. It's Janine. Sorry, um, I bought ARG in August, showing four percent growth since, and interested in your opinion on this stock. Is it worth holding? Um, look, looking at it right now, um, it's a listed investment company, and I think right now it looks good. It hasn't for a long time, so it's spent. Since 2014, all the way through to 2019, that's five years going sideways. So if that doesn't tell you how this stock is not really great in terms of a trending stock, um, then I don't know what will. It, ha it did have a good rise here from October 12 through to uh, the high here in 14. So that was two years, but not much time in terms of the overall um, amount of time it's been on the market for. So it started in 2009. And so that's really 10 years. And, and most of the time, it's either been trading down or going sideways. So look, perhaps it's now that it's going to make its move, given it's broken out of these highs. But look, it could get to around $9, maybe a little bit higher, and then we'll, we may see a pullback. So I guess you know, if, if I was holding this share, I'd want to have a nice trailing stop loss up underneath that rise and be looking to take some profits, depending on you know what your strategy is. Then I would suggest that you seriously get some rules around what you're doing there with this share. Um, on the downside, it, it, it's looking like in terms of the volatility and how far it falls, it looks like it trades down 16% decline. So not huge on the downside, except for when it first listed. But that's often to be expected. Um, and the GFC, when it, when it pulled back in the GFC, you can see here, it traded all the way down um, in the order of the market. And you'd expect that if they've actually invested across a broad range of stocks in the market. So sort of that 50% order, the same as the market. So looking at Argo, actually, did I say they invested in... No, it's actually 90s. The 90s they invest started um, this particular fund. So they've been running for quite some time. And... It's, and Sim trying to replicate the market by the look of it, but failing to do so through this period here where they just went sideways mm. for a long time. So let's get into another question on the, mm. on the thing. We've got a lot of stocks to cover tonight, so which is really, really good. Okay. Um, my man's asking about TWE and Coles, but actually, oh, we haven't looked at Coles for a while, so let's have, how about we look at that as well. Oh, TWE or Coles, which one? Let's look at Coles. We haven't looked at that for a while. So he's going, hi, Dale, and um, hi, everybody, hope. Everyone had a lovely weekend. Yes, Dale and Janine, can you keep give me thoughts on Treasury Wines and Coles, please? So let's have a look at Coles. Okay. Now, the interesting thing about Coles Group is the fact that it's um, it traded down initially after listing, but then it's just gone gangbusters after that. And we know that um, West Farmers, is, it actually um, demerged out of West Farmers, and we know that West Farmers has actually done really well also. And, and it's quite normal often for a stock that's demerged to actually follow in the shadow of its former mm. um, company. So you, you look at um, stocks that have been floated out of BHP, for instance, you can see that at times there were similar moves on those shares. Yeah, BSL, yeah. Um, what was the other one? S32. S32 and one steel were all mm. sort of floated. They don't always follow exactly, but there are just periods of time where they do. So at the moment, Coles is obviously playing its cards right and is, is hitting some good numbers. But um, this reversal here this month is a bit of a telltale sign we could see a short-term pullback on the share, but nothing to be too concerned about at the yeah. moment anyway. I know I did a whole 
analysis of this for our students way back in okay. sort of May or June. I spent ages on this stock saying, mm -hmm. let's look at this stock and watch it. And we put a lot of analysis on it saying that it'll be a good buy back then. So mm -hmm. I know a lot of our students have made about 30% on this stock at the look, moment. Look, there's so. not a lot of data on it. So it's not easy to put no. analysis on a share like this and, and to mm. make it accurate. But you can, there are some short term types mm. of analysis that you can apply to stocks where you don't have a lot of history that can help yeah. help you work through that. But generally, we, we wouldn't generally recommend or talk about these type of shares because they don't have the history. No, they don't have a history. And that's why I brought mm. it up with our students to give them the insights and how you analyse it. So yeah. we started right back on bar one and started looking at the stock from bar one, bringing it one week and one, mm -hmm. one month at a time and, and talking yep. through what I would be thinking, how I'd be looking at it, how I'd understand. So that's module two sort of thinking, isn't it? No, no, no. It was actually even more than that. It was more going through like, you know, all sorts mm -hmm. of things. But some of the stuff was module two stuff. Yeah. Okay. What we're doing in module two and some of the stuff we talk about in the trading mentor course, our beginner course. Right. So they would have understood some of that. But as it got more progressively on in time, then we could add a lot more rules around things, mm. a lot more techniques around it. So it was just a, a progression for these mm. for our students to say, well, how do you have start looking at a stock that's just floated on the market? How do I you guess it makes it stock? simpler from the point of view that there's not much data to analyse. No, there? there's a lot less rubbish you have to get out of your head. It's just there. It's just raw and it's nice and easy. Mm. So let's now look at CSL for Patriot One. And okay. I'll find his question. Um, it'll be here somewhere. Um, I'm not sure. Here is his. Hi, Dale and Janine. What's your, what's your, I'm assuming, thoughts regarding yep. CSL's price drop today? Will it keep dropping? Um, yeah, look, I actually see downside for CSL in the short term. Mm. I, I think we could see something in the order of, like, from the high, let's see, it, it, it could come back about 10%. Um, we could even see it come back as far as 15 mm. over time. However, right now, there's no reason to be looking to get out of it on the weekly chart. If you're trading this and trying to um, get yeah. a good capital growth out of it, medium to longer term, so that all the bars are green still, even though well, we've one, got this week saying, down. Really, one day doesn't make a sheep station, no. does it? It's like one day down's irrelevant to us. It's, you know, and people say that all the time. It's like, well, wow, a stock fell three mm. or five percent. We go, yeah, big deal. Come back next month and let me know what's happened mm. because people make reactive decisions. CSL is one of the best performing stocks on our market over the last decade, like Cochlear, you know. So mm. this is a brilliant stock. So I wouldn't worry about one day, Matty. Right now it's bullish. Simple. Now, just on that for Ross Lane, Alibaba, mm -hmm. just briefly. Yeah. Um, you've looked at Alibaba, haven't you? You did a yeah, 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 whole I've done, story um, on that at some stage. Uh, yeah, I quite often look at, I mean, obviously with my US reports, I look at US stocks. So mm. if you want me to look at US stocks, you need to put the comments on my US report. Don't put Australian okay, stocks Ross, on my US report. So, <laughs> um, and I do, like this week I looked at retail stocks. I mm. looked at Macy's, I looked at um, Target, I looked at Coles, uh, not okay. Coles, like C-O-L-E-S, it was mm. K-O-H-L-S. Yep. Um, and the fourth one was, I can't remember the fourth one. My producer might mm. yell at me and if he remembers, right. but there was four of them I looked at. Um, yeah, it was TK Maxx was the other okay. one. So you know the TK Maxx stores yep. that are out there. So um, TK Maxx and Target are doing really well on online space. Mm. But Amazon's not doing as well. It made 19% this year. So have you looked at Alibaba? Or? Um, not for a little while, but if you put the question up there, I might look at it for you, Ross, but you need to put the question on the chat. I'll tell him he has to. Yeah, and I'll look at Alibaba <laughs> for you. How's that? So we've got another stock now. So we've done CSL. Um, look at, Tom, we look at CBA. So some big stocks tonight. That's fantastic. I mm. think it's starting to get through. CBA I really like. At the moment, it's starting mm. to pull back. Um, we haven't really seen any reason to... to 
get out of it. And as you can see, a big sideways move has unfolded. It did come back and fill a gap on the weekly chart. This was back in August 2019. But if our market does fall away, then you'd expect that big stocks like Commonwealth Bank, Westpac, um, all the BHPs, Rios, that they will come back some way to dip varying degrees. But at the moment, you can see here on the monthly chart, a very important observation to make. If you're getting nervous about a stock ever, just go to the monthly chart and have a look at where it is in the big picture sense. So you can see here that really it's not not a move to be um, concerned about it. At any in any degree and looking at the the support across here we can see incredible support around that 7660 level so I'd say um, if if Commonwealth Bank pushes back up and trades above around 8243 that we could see it um, heading towards that all-time high that occurred here in March 2015 and look Commonwealth Bank is actually due to break through that um, level it's been taking an incredibly long time to get through that high hasn't it Mm, yeah, very, very much so. It has been struggling. But all banks, all those big four banks have been mm. struggling since March, April 2015. So, And you can see that they're not going down much. You know, they all fell maybe 25, 30-ish percent, but not much, which means the market doesn't want them to go down too far. So the big end well, of Well, they've recovered. The big, I mean, yeah. particularly CBA's mm. recovered a lot mm. of that, what it lost. I mean, Westpac, if I can just bring up... Quickly, you, you a can chart do that. Westpac. I'm sure they'll let you do that, Westpac. Well, you need to have a look at that. Yeah, I mean that's a different story altogether, mm. isn't it? I mean, at one stage we did like Macquarie, Westpac, and CBA, but right now you wouldn't even you just put Westpac in your watch list mm. in another watch list, not to look at it for a while because mm. um, that's just going to take a long time to turn around and produce yeah. any sort of decent signal there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, you are. So, you know, but Commonwealth right. Bank's different story. You know, the more monies might flow into Commonwealth Bank as a result of um, Westpac being down like that. Yeah, I think probably the, the, the I suppose the prime takeaway from today is just an opportunity to pick up if let's say the market goes down tomorrow or next couple of days because I did say in my report that I expect the market to go down for one to two one a week or in next week or either this week or next week was going to go down so mm. this could all be just be happening we could get a down week this week and then up again through to Christmas and into February March so that's probably what could be happening but these down moves are an opportunity. Retail numbers will have a reasonable impact mm. on all of that so if from this Black Friday they see really good results on the credit cards. Well they've already had them if you watch my report have, have so you haven't out? seen my report I haven't report, seen his have report you? this week. Yeah well watch my so report. So what is it because some of the people on this show won't have seen no, that No 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 they've got to watch the video. Oh, okay. They've got to watch the video. So they've tallied all the numbers is what you're saying and now I've got to go and watch the report. Yep. Jim and I talked about it a hell of a lot, Black Friday and everything else and we talked a lot about stuff like that so they go and watch the video that's out today. Because so. look, be, I'm really interested in the whole weekend because well, not, the the not just the Friday because I can remember seeing this so many people mm. driving into the shopping centre mm. on mm. Saturday and Sunday. Just didn't stop. Yeah, but not in America. A um, mm. little bit different in America. Yeah. Now we've got a question. I don't want to look at the stock, so we've got a question. This was emailed in late. So if you're going to email us a question, make sure you get it to us by sort of three or four o'clock in the afternoon today, not at five o'clock, but uh, that's just a little bit of a hint. Um, we've got a question from, and I don't know who it's from here. I'm reading it. Um, yeah, I have no idea what your name is because it hasn't got your name on it, so sorry about that. Hello, I've started watching your show. Thanks for watching the show and love your long view approach. Thank you very much. I have a question about the linear price scale you use on your charts, please. What advantage does it give you over log scale or is it just personal preference? Thanks for a great show. Do you want to answer that? 
Um, I haven't used logs for a long time, so I, I, you know, it's not something that I would even think about using. I think that when I first started charting, I mm. looked at log scales, and mm. and the main thing that I use the log scale for is just so that I could see the whole history of the share, because you know, mm. and particularly when we were looking at the market, so you can appreciate that when the 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 data that we've got on the All Ordinaries Index, we've actually combined from data that we've were given. Um, right back to what was the early 1900s. Um, well, we don't and show that on here, but we've no. got data back to 1875 and about 1900 on the Dow, yeah. I think. Yeah, um, and so you can't actually make sense. You can imagine it, you know, you're looking at a chart of Commonwealth Bank mm. and you can see if we just look at that chart briefly, that's mm. a huge amount of data rising all the way from that the low mm. down here in October um, 92. 92 all the way up to, say, say it's close to $100 nearly. Um, that's a big range to try to mm. fit all onto one chart. So you can imagine the market itself, all the way from some very small amount to the, to highs that we're dealing with now, and mm. the markets keep going higher. The log scales actually um, allow you to fit the whole chart on the screen, and it's, it doesn't look distorted. So yeah. that's why I like the log charts. But when just looking at a normal a stock to analyse or to do back testing and analysis on, I would never use a log scale. Yeah. I just use a standard yeah. scale. Yeah, and the thing is, it's like you know, if we brought up the chart of the the Dow right now, we do have the Dow back to nineteen hundred. Yeah. But if we did that on a monthly chart, you'd have all the first fifty years just flatlining pretty mm. much, and that's really what Janine's talking about there. So, um, but obviously, we look at a little bit more recent history when we're trading. Um, but yeah, it doesn't change our analysis at all, does it? No. It doesn't really change anything at all. So, But great question. I'm glad you're thinking about that anyway. So let's look at another stock. Now we've got Adrian who's asking about CKF. Collins, we've Oh, we covered. already covered CKF, did we? Oh, sorry. Um, we did. Yep. Oh, okay. Next. So we're not doing CKF. Uh, let's, there's one from Christopher. He's on EML. And I'll, down, down the bottom, I saw it. He says, hi, Dale and Janine, first time live, so fantastic. That's why I'm putting you up, um, your question. So welcome to the live channel, Matty. I hope you've enjoyed your first time. I purchased your book recently and broke one of the rules today. Um, I bought he's honest. E well, he is honest. He bought, um, he broke one of the rules. You don't break rules. Um, I all bought EML for $4.50 and would like your opinion on the future of this share. So EML. Okay, four fifty puts it up here. Mm. Um, so... Uh, and, and not knowing why he bought and what rules, I mean, I can see that there was an entry, a potential entry here, but this is the challenge with when you don't understand how to set really um, sound rules yet on stocks, you might find that you're actually getting in on what you think is a rule to enter, but it may actually be a subsequent rule down the track. So numerous rules may have already triggered along the way, and it may be just another potential opportunity right before a high, for example. Mm. So looking at this share, it could continue to rise. It's on a bullish run, but eventually these sorts of rises peter out because they just run out of the buyers for them because the price just ex escalates so fast. So mm. um, then you get the short-term profit takers coming in, and if the volumes are low, then the short-term profit takers can really punish the share price. So Right now, I wouldn't be if I'd bought the stock, then I wouldn't be selling it because it's not going down. 
Um, I'd be wanting to set a reasonably tight stop loss on it though, and and but I'd be using technical analysis to do it, not just a price level. Yeah, but for mm. him, he's just bought our book, so he's only new. So yeah, therefore... so you could get a trend line. You could try to apply trend mm. lines up under mm. the stock and wait till you get mm. a trend line underneath it. You may not be able to get one up under this acceleration but here, least... but eventually you'll get a third point for but it. At least so. if he keeps his fifteen percent stop loss on his buy price, that's yeah. going to limit any loss that you might have True. should it fall away. Right now, it still looks all right. I wouldn't have bought it um, today. I wouldn't have done that, but that's okay. That's your choice. Um, but make sure you do have a stop loss on the, the stock to protect capital. In so case. it's twenty percent down to this level. Four fifty yeah. is a bit lower than that, though. So say if you pull that down, yeah, oh, I can't quite grab that. But yeah, yeah so you know what I mean. It's it's yeah. So just set mm. your stop loss, matey. Just keep that on there. Fifteen percent below your buy price, as I talk about in the book, um, and make sure that you do enact that. We're not saying the stock's going down. It does look bullish, but it may, if it goes down for one or two weeks, it might concern you a little bit. And that's really where people get emotional, especially those new to investing and trading. You know, they stand there and they look at the the, the stock the next day. They they buy it and then they look at it every second for the next few hours. And then every day they look at the the stock market and see what happened with their stock the day before. And they either have a good or bad day depending on what the stock did the day before. Um, and so really, just let, pull it back, put your stop loss on, and sit tight at the moment. Uh, if it falls away, you know how to exit. If it goes up, you'll make some money. So let's have a look at another stock. Now we'll go to um, we've got Z1P. So Zip for BL, for, uh, for somebody BL. Zipco? Zip, Z1P. Yep, oh, so, yep. so Zipco actually had a huge reversal here. We can see that how the range of the bar actually encapsula encapsulates the previous bar. Now, that's a bearish sign and then the stock's still falling away. Now looking at this, there's huge support underneath here at about $3. Right now I'm not liking this share at all given the reversal that we've seen on it. Um, so you know, I'd, I'd be saying that it's a short, it's a volatile stock. They just said so they, that's the, the challenge customer, with it, isn't it? They said um, they've raised sixty, I think it's sixty million in an oversubscribed placement this week. That really means nothing. Yeah, but what the placements um, do is it tends mm, to drive the share price yeah. lower, and so that that can be the challenge. So mm. temporarily, the share price may fall away, but but to me, that's no ordinary pullback. It's not. No. You know, normally when you see a placement, you do see a sell-off and it can be mm. months and months before the share price recovers from that because mm. whoever was going to purchase the stock online, they've now purchased it offline. Yeah, you know, but it depends on who the placement. placement, if it's an institutional placement or a retail placement, mm. that's, that also changes the well, That's a good point situation. too. But, you know, yeah. if it's an institutional placement on a stock like this, you wouldn't think it would be because, mm. you know, that they would um, totally dominate it. So that brings they? the question uh, mm. Do they sell it before they take up the placement? Is that what mm. you're saying? Well, part of, mm. do they sell it before they take up the placement? Or if the, it is a retail placement, not an institutional, why is it retail and not institutional? Look, it's, it, it amuses me sometimes when they offer it to the mm. institutions and they don't offer it to retail investors. Mm, because they I know think they can get be, the better price and get yeah, it done quickly. I think it should be done across the board. But the challenge is for, mm. often for these companies is the cost of being able to offer it to retail investors. It's mm. massive to manage that process. Yeah, correct. And that's why they mm. do it. So therefore, you'd have to worry wonder why they're, if it is a retail placement, and I didn't look, so I can't tell you. Um, mm. If it is a retail placement, why did they do that? Did they mm. think the institutions wouldn't have bought it? Yeah. So that's also a question. But right now, I, we wouldn't be looking at buying it. It's pretty much as simple as that. It's not liquid. Um, yep. It's not liquid. It's not, well, it's going down it too. Mm. So let's get on to the next one is APT, Afterpay for Matt. Now, Matt's going, thoughts on Afterpay. I owned it back in October 2018 and exited in September 2019. Looking at maybe entering once it picks up again. 
Okay, so he's entered on the bull bar, but just so happens it was right well, before the outside reversal. He sold it on, the, on September. He bought it last year in October. Yeah, so he sold it on this bar here. Yep. Um, and he's bought it last year in October. Yep, so he's made good money. So he's made good money, but whether he used good rules in terms of the exit strategy or not, because, um, you know, in terms of seeing where the exit is, how would you get an exit there? There isn't one. No, not necessarily, no, but mm. that's okay. He's obviously done some rules and he's made some money, but, yep. you know, from that point of view, where are we seeing it going right now? Would you be you looking... You might be able to get a trend line up underneath there, though. You just have to have a mm. look, good look and see if you can fit the trend line up underneath it. Yeah, but right now I think we need to see where it's going and it's downward mood. Now, obviously, the current bar, that the last bar on that weekly chart on mm. the right, is just yesterday and today. So we'd like to see what happens this week to see whether it holds up. So if it does hold up below, above that prior major low, then you know it could be starting to move up again. But all stocks move up and down. And so what you're saying is, if it goes above here, yeah, it it's more be, likely to rise. It's more likely to rise and make a new all-time high. But if it keeps falling below where roughly where your pointer is, then yep. it's likely to keep falling away. Okay. Um, and so right now it's in that point of don't do anything. You mm. just sit on your hands. And this is where too many traders jump, they think. And I have, you get people that aren't great traders. They want to short stocks that are bullish. Mm. And then they want to go long stocks on the bearish. Okay. So it's trying to, have you ever tried to stop a bear that's charging at you? I've never seen one that close. Well, if I see a bear running for me, I ain't going anywhere. I'm gone. Mm. Yeah, that's it. All I've got to do is run faster. I can just imagine you screaming. Yeah, no, all I've got to do is run faster than you. <laughs> so, and we'll get there. Um, but yeah, but that's what people try and do. And I'm not saying this, this person's trying to do that. I'm just saying right okay. now, it's a wait and see game. Uh, and until it picks a direction, uh, and right now it's still a bit undecided where the direction's up or down. And mm -hmm. so once it picks the direction, you'll know what to do. If you're not in it, don't buy it. If it starts moving up, then it could be a good buy from there. Okay. So let's have a look at the next one. It's on some Cordy. Um, it's called VHT. Volpara. Okay, interesting. Look, looking at the bigger picture, it has been really bullish lately, but slowed down. Look at the sideways move essentially that's happened from April 2019. It, it's tried to move higher, made a new all-time high, but then pulled back. So we can see here a few a gap there on the weekly chart. It's come back and filled it. It's really just coming back to con to test the support, really, I think, from the buyers that are around these levels. If you've got good rules on the stock, then you wouldn't be concerned about it right now. But um, it may f look at the angle, Dale, that it's run up. You know, it's really nice to see some of these ones here. And I've got a trend line mm. arrow there. I, I won't put a, I'll put a trend line up here. But we can see there is a nice little move up there underneath all those lows there, if that is the... Um, Looking at it, mm. it's a nice trend, really. But it's just the reversal that's happened recently that's broken that potential move. So we could see a move back below that trend line in the short term. If it starts to pull back up and rises above this November 29, mm. 29 November 2019 high, uh, at $1.95, then it's more likely to make new highs. But at the moment, that trend line's being tested, isn't it? Mm, it is being tested. So, mm. um, well, that's our last stock tonight. How's that? Okay. It just went so fast. It but did. if you're Luke. watching this show and you're watching the recording of it, you're watching after the live show, like tonight or uh, over the next week or two, Remember the chat's just down the bottom for you rather than being a live chat. It's it's a comment section. So please, love you to play some comments. If you like the show, tell us. If you like us to look at stocks, if you've got questions, put them down there. Because I also look at that comment section for um, comments for for us to answer questions for Janine and I to answer on the live show for the next week. So if you do, if you have been watching it or you are watching the recording of this, 
please type down below. Remember to hit the like when you type, so type that like and then subscribe. That's what you've got to do, and we'll look after you from there and answer all your questions. But um, we hope you've enjoyed tonight's show, because as you can tell, Janine and I have had a, a real lot of fun doing it, and hope you've um, come along with a fun ride with us. And if you'd like to see the show go, remember to share it on your social media, your Twitter, your Instagram, your all the other things. And if you don't know how to do it, ask your kids to do it for you um, from that point of view. But we'd love to get the show growing further. Also, make sure that you put this show into your calendar so that you're back online next Tuesday at 7pm. If you cannot be with us live next week, we're always happy to receive your questions, so send them to info at wealthwithin.com.au and just type Wealth Within Live in the subject line. Okay, Janine, well, that really does bring us to the end of the show again, and um, I'm really sad. I really enjoyed tonight. Um, I wish we could go on for hours and hours, but uh, I'm sure they enjoyed it as much as we have. Thanks for taking part. We'll see you again next Tuesday at 7pm. But for now, goodbye, good luck and good trading. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.